What's up, you guys? Um, There's going to be a lot of shitty hot takes today. Um, Don't hold it against me. You know, this channel, this podcast is here for me to basically self-explore and, you know, just let you know what I'm thinking about, what I'm feeling about, like, real time, not when I have formed a conclusion, you know what I mean? So don't hold shit against me. It's going to be a lot of ignorant, like, very low-frequency bullshit, you know? Um, But like I said, you got to start. Sometimes you got to start there and then level up and level up and level up in your thinking. Um, And, you know, it's so funny because I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm able, you know, it sounds crazy for me to say that I can have conversations with myself, but I'm able to basically have a conversation with somebody and basically be able to be able to like guess what they're going to say before they say it a lot of the time. And it's like pretty insane. Um, Obviously I'm surprised often as well. And people surprise me and there's no substitute for like in-person conversation, but you know, like it's not like you're always going to have somebody there to hash things out with you. Um, Being in a relationship has um, increased that a lot in my life like my boyfriend's an intelligent person and so you know we talk about things and hash it out and talk about politics and shit like that pretty often and it's all good (laughs) and I have friends that do that and you know I, I like to hear people's opinions and shit but um I think a a certain amount of that exploration needs to come with needs to come from you just kind of hashing it out with yourself you know and I used to journal a lot more Um, I started podcasting because I have this one and then I have a different one that's a little bit more um, public I'm a little bit more public about and I advertise like you know I like shouted it out on my social media you know I was just more with it and it was a little bit more polished and I would interview people my friends other people and you know it was a little bit more formal this one's really just whenever I get the inkling I hop on here um I used to journal a lot more but I wanted to work on my speaking skills um in a way that was not pretentious or like I don't know I I like I feel like for me in my life, just the way that I learn things the best is by practicing it and practicing it and not really forcing anything on. Like I know that I use fillers a lot and I know that I trail off at the end of my sentences and all of these things, you know, I learned from recording myself speak and then hearing it. And also like it's become a lot more obvious to me since we started doing like Zoom meetings and Zoom classes and sometimes these meetings are recorded and then I hear myself speak in these things and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I could have said what I said so much more concisely 
and with volume control if she's if I've ever heard of volume control you know but anyway it's a process it's a learning process and I don't like to force myself I don't know I mean it's not even about liking or not liking it's just I don't learn that way very well it doesn't stick for me it doesn't stay in my routine if I force myself to adjust all the time and you know I don't know it's just it's a long process for me to pick up any type of habit and so I want to be somebody who's good at speaking and is able to think quickly enough that they can communicate their thoughts, like their current state, you know, and journaling is about, you know, you can go back and nitpick and edit and all these, all these other things, but it was a combination of wanting to improve my public speaking as well as wanting to just get the venting out faster, you know? Um, I couldn't help but spend a lot of time typing when I was writing and it would always be longer than 30 minutes or however long an episode here is. Sometimes it's longer here, but I get, I hit a lot more points when I'm talking, you know what I mean? Than when I'm typing it out. Um, I have journaled recently and it was refreshing because I got to really dive deep into the topic. Um, you know, I feel like even talking to myself, even if, you know, I, I do record with an audience in mind, but I don't record for an audience, if that makes sense. Like, even if I'm just alone and I'm like just recording by myself, like if I ramble on about something, I start getting bored listening to myself. But with writing, it's not like that so much. Like with journaling, I can really stick with one topic for like a really long time and dive deeper into it. Um, But like, even right now, you know, I feel like just talking about it and talking about something for too long, you start to bore yourself and um, you can't kind of go back and see what you've said, like how you, when you're writing, you can go back and read what you've read. I mean, read what you've written so far. But that said, there's a lot of benefits to podcasting and um, recording, like audio recording, audio audio journaling so um that's just what I'm comfortable with right now I was planning to um write a journal entry but just wasn't feeling it and so yeah um today's been one of those days where I feel like I'm really in myself and it's like one of those days where I don't really have a lot to do which feels really nice and if it's extended out for too long, it starts to feel really shitty. But since I've been busy and I actually was pretty busy this morning and I got plans tomorrow, like I'm really cherishing this time right now. Uh, so it's really nice <laughs> to like just basically not have – it's rare. It's pretty rare that I just don't – I like don't have plans for extended number of hours, like, you know, four or five hours. So – um, it's really nice. And, and when I'm in therapy, they always tell me that I need to make that free time for myself. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like if I have things on my plate, not like I push this to the side, but like eventually I'm going to have a day where I have some free time. Like that's to me a given. Like it's not like even, I don't know. But if I were telling the truth, like there have been periods of my life where I burnt out because I just had my schedule so packed and I never took time off. Um, 
like I <laughs> I like tried to chair like tried to like really be in the moments where I was showering or exercising and doing those things but it just like was not fulfilling in the same way where you know you do things but then you also have a day one day out of every like four days or so where you just have a couple hours off to chill and that's not being obligated to hang out with anybody that's not being obligated to do any type of thing like just chilling you know what I mean and I don't know I guess I just like wish that um I don't know. I just kind of, yeah, I think life right now is just like if I were to schedule free time, I would have too much free time because I'd have free time that I scheduled on top of the free time that just kind of happens. And then I don't know, I start to get lonely if I have too much. So it's like a very, very delicate balance there. Um, And I'm still figuring it out because obviously I want to consistently work towards my goals. I think that that's a lesson coming for me that I need to learn before I can like level up, you know, like, and I don't mean level up in any like shitty kind of way. I just mean like, I really think that we have this potential um, to that we can fulfill when we're born, like we're destined with this potential, but it's up to us. And it's up to us to try and to like strategize and to work to reach that potential. Like it's not a given that we're going to reach it because like I'm not jaded. I just know for a fact that there are people out here who have potential and it's just wasted. It's not used and it's they die without it ever being used to the extent that it could be, you know, and it's not about blaming or fault or whatever you know like a lot of it is societal like societal issues or systemic issues or whatever but you know we got to do the best that we can and I just really believe that I don't know (laughs) that's just life for me I feel like for me like that's what keeps life interesting and that's how you don't um dig yourself into a hole where you feel stuck or you feel like you can't get out of it or anything, you know, and not saying that being in that hole or being in whatever is not natural. Sometimes that's a part of the journey, but that's what I, if I had to like describe the journey of life, I would really say that it's a weird shape. That's like a circle, but it continues to go. And then you're moving towards something that is blossoming, you know, like say you're a bicycle and you start at a dirt road and then you keep biking and then things start to get a little smoother. And then sometimes they get bumpy. Sometimes it rains, et cetera, et cetera. But then you're biking, you're biking, you're biking. And you know, it's cyclic. It's the circle of the bicycle wheel, but, um, you're moving, you're going in circles, but you're moving and you're moving forward and you're moving and you can, you know, you have to be mindful, but if you're mindful and you stay connected to like your spirit and you stay connected to things and you stay grounded, you can really bike yourself towards some beautiful shit in life, you know? So anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like more and more as I get older, there's not really a spiritual practice that just 
encompasses everything that I need. Um, and it becomes partly like, if there's one that I had to, it'd be the one that I was born into Buddhism, you know? And I think that I've discovered Buddhism and discovered different types of Buddhism that just resonate with me and all that. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a lot. And I don't even want to say it's a combo of all these other religions because it's also like, I do draw inspiration from other religions. For example, like I think Catholicism is so beautiful, but I can leave the rest of Catholicism behind. I just like the aesthetics, you know? Um, and that to me is, might, that might sound like disrespectful, but it's really like, I'm saying like Catholicism is gorgeous, is gorgeous. And that's, if there is a heaven, that's, I have no doubt that it would look like the opulent type of shit that Catholicism thinks it is. Um, yeah, you know, like that's what I'm saying is sometimes aesthetics are spiritual to me. Um, certain patterns or colors or things that you see, you know, a wrapper on the ground, like art is spiritual. Um, so that's why I guess it's hard for me to say like, I'm, you know, I say all of this, it's all very broad and it's all very liquid. But if I were having a conversation with somebody, I feel like it is important to have the label and to not be the asshole that like extrapolates way too much. Um, you know, maybe I can hint towards it, but I'll always say, you know, I'm Buddhist for the most part or something, you know, I don't really like the answer. Like I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual because I feel like that doesn't really mean anything who is really out here living with no type of spirituality you know i don't know and you'd be surprised though some people like really kill off their passion in a way where you would almost think that it's gone or at least it'll take a really long time for them to bring it back um i wrote down like just a few words of like random topics that i might want to touch on and something that it has been interesting to me just from being on the internet lately is like relationships that have large age gaps. Um, so I watched this show on Lifetime <laughs> called Marrying Millions. And it's like basically uh, all these, you know, there's, it's just younger people with older people who have money. Right. Um, and there's some interesting arrangements of that. Like there's this one lady who I really think is beautiful and her name is Jean-Tille, Jean-Tille, and she's a real estate investor in Las Vegas and she's like a multimillionaire. And then like this is season one, she's dating this guy named Brian who like does construction and he's just a total flop, like a total flop. Like he's broke, he's a joke he's a total flop and she's like not only rich, but she's stunning and she's smart. You know, it's like crazy. Um, anyway, it's interesting. And I like fuck with John T so much because she's from a Southeast Asia. I think she's from Cambodia. Like she came to come uh, America from Cambodia when she was like small and like her, like her, I don't know. It was like just her and her mom or something because like the rest of her family got killed by the Khmer Rouge and it's just like all this crazy shit. But she really, really made it. Like, she is that bitch. You know what I mean? But anyway, she's so funny on the show. She's so cute. And 
of course, there are the young girls who are with like old dudes, like think Miami, think like nasty, crusty, think like, you know, Lana Del Rey. And there's this one lady, her name is Erica. And I don't know how old she is. I believe she's like 23 years old. And she's with this guy named Rick, who's like in his 70s. And whatever, you know, like the plot lines of the show are pretty like, I don't know, <laughs> scripted, obviously scripted, but America um, actually has a vlog channel and like I'm watching her vlogs and stuff. And then she lived with Rick on this boat, whatever, but then she, they broke up. And so now like she's just vlogging and doing, she's in real estate. She's doing like real estate broker stuff and um, basically vlogging her days. And she's like, has, is growing her social media presence and all this other stuff. And I just think like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that she's a sugar baby just from, you know, my history and like the sugar bowl or whatever, but I'm pretty sure she's a sugar baby. There's just little things that it's like, okay, I know that she's signaling for like a sugar daddy or whatever, but um, besides that, it's like just so interesting to me because it's like you really have to have a different type of like motive and like life vision to go with that you know what I mean and to go with that and to like you know be like okay I'm gonna hook up with this old rich guy and be his arm candy and hope that he proposes and hope that we get married and hope that I inherit some of his fortunes you know it's like that's a lot that's a really risky move you know and I I realized because like I used to be in the sugar bowl too but I wasn't ever taking it that serious, like long-term, you know I mean? I was in college and I had my own plans, which are messy as fuck. And I'll get into that maybe, but um, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to take on that just because, yo, these old dudes are out here. Like they are just so annoying, like dead ass. Like they, they have terrible personalities, yo. Like I don't care I don't care how much money they have. I don't care anything. And it's like, not even that they're not hot. Like I say that I said, I said that Rick was nasty or whatever, but like, it's not even that, you know, like, I don't know. I think that an older guy can be hot or whatever, but, um, yeah, (laughs) it's just like, so they're just their personalities are so hard to deal with and they're so like controlling and it's so weird that um you know back in the day you know a lot of these guys are divorced and so it's like they when they were younger like women married these guys with the, with these personalities like i don't really understand why i don't get it at all but then again you think about older white women and they're pretty unbearable too so I think it's just like a generational thing. Like we don't really fuck with that type of personality at all. Um, Just so like insecure and like high strung and like you see it seeping into like their humor and everything. And it's like, just so draining. Um, But yeah, and then, So yeah, she's, so I wonder if, you know, I wonder if Erica has been plotting this, if she wasn't even planning on staying with Rick or if she really did love him 
or just like what her motive is for being with this old guy and like, you know, how she feels now that they're broken up. If it's like she's going to try to get back with him or if she wasn't, if she really was never in it for the money, like, I don't know. It's just hard to believe that, you know, it's very hard to believe that because when I was in the sugar bowl, it was like, like known, you know, like it's called freestyling. Like, yeah, there's places to meet sugar daddies on like websites and like different apps and stuff like that. But freestyling was always the best way to go. And that was just, you got hot and you went to like a bar or you went to like a place where you knew that wealthy men were going to be and they just see you and they just come up to you and they just know, they just know that you're, you know, the situation and you don't even have to signal anything. You're just there. So it's really hard to believe that like any young woman would get into a relationship with an older man and it not have been because of like that kind of context where there was um, financial benefit, you know? I don't know. Um, then it's like, how many of the, the these women actually win? Because a lot of these men are really out here just looking for the young girl and like trying to like be with her maybe I don't know I guess like another thing is I'm interested in the minds of these men because it's like are you just gonna pretend to be committed to this girl and just like let her you know you know that she's with you for money and you're just gonna kind of lead her on and you know let her play herself out and like think that she might get a ring from you but you know in your heart like you're never gonna give her a ring but then some you know sometimes these people do get married yeah so it's hard. It's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah, there's this other couple. They're Bill and Bree, and they were actually on Doctor Phil too. And Bree is a lot more convincing than Erica. If if like either of them are sugar, were sugar babies or are sugar babies or you know whatever, spoiled girlfriends, whatever. Like Bree plays it a lot more convincing, and she has actually like a lot more. Um, I don't know, just a lot more like endearing and like. Um, but also like stands up for herself and, you know, I don't know. She just seems to be a lot more emotionally intelligent um, and not at all. Like th there's no like hint of deception from her where there is definitely that from Erica anyway. But Bill is like, he's been married before and his ex-wife is actually a big part of their relationship, like in the show and on the Dr. Phil episode is so weird. Like his ex-wife like talks to Brie and whatever. And she told Brie to get out of the relationship because Bill's a serial cheater and Bill's not ever going to really commit to her. And then Bill's like, you know, we're just taking things slow, but I do plan on getting married and I do plan on committing to her. And I don't know. It just is interesting to me because they, they, seem to have a little bit more of themselves out in the open and out in the public than the others. But um, you still wonder if like how, you know, like how authentic is the love, you know, and not saying that love has to, you know, cause all types of love is like you're with somebody because they provide you with something, right. Whether that's attention, support, security, something, you know what I mean? So not that, not that, crazy for a girl to be with a guy who's older than her and you know she has to put up with a lot of stuff from him and expecting some financial reward from it and it really just kind of evens it out you know um it's just a different choice not a more manipulative or evil or whatever type of just a different choice than the girl that decides to be with like her broke boyfriend 
who gives her good dick or whatever, you know? Um, it's interesting. And then when the gender roles are, when the genders are switched, I feel like it's a completely different thing. <laughs> There's this porn star. I was actually watching him before um, I was masturbating and then I fell asleep and then I woke up and did, I'm doing this podcast. Like I literally woke up, went to the bathroom, took a shit, peed, washed my hands, opened a bubbly, and then here I am. But before I went to sleep um, for my nap, I like was watching Lil D's like Pornhub channel. And he is like this young black guy. And he's like always in those uh, Bang Bros videos that have like the young guy with the stepmom who like walks in on him and then starts sucking his dick or whatever, like stepmom porn. Um, but he has his own channel where he is fucking MILFs like a lot of the time. And then I'm just a curious ass bitch. Like when I'm on the internet, I'm really like out here, Dora the Explorer, like whatever. But I go on his Twitter um, and his Twitter, it's like all these tweets. And then he says something like, I need to stop fucking with bitches who are younger than 25 because you bitches are childish or whatever, you know? And it's so funny because I know guys like that who only really want to fuck with older women and they're younger, you know? And it's not, there's no like hint of, to me, like there, I don't know. There's not that scandalous thing. It's like almost endearing. Like it's almost sweet. Like a younger guy who's able to see through like, like stereotypes and see through, like, I don't know. Like I think our culture values younger women and younger women bodies and younger women, I don't know, just like appeal so much more. So like when a younger guy, like this is all, I'm talking like obviously everybody is adult and like of age and whatever, you know, like old enough to make their own decisions about sexual partners and things. So, you know, some people say 18, but I really think like at least 20 because well, maybe 18, I don't know. Depends on the person between 18 and 2021, 20, you know? But um, obviously I'm talking about people who are older and when I say young guy, I mean like at least 18 years old, but probably like 20 years old, um, who, who prefer older women, who prefer like cougars, like, you know, and there, I think there's a like lingering, like a lingering, like, um, stereotype that might suggest that these guys are in it for money but that's actually really rare really really rare like a lot of times like these younger guys are just fucking on older women who are like maybe single moms i actually uh this is actually kind of fucked up because this is like in high school so he wasn't of age but my friend um had sex with his girlfriend's mom his high school girlfriend's mom and that's like really weird right um but anyway, I'm going to move away from that situation because uh, there's a lot to unpack there and I'm not really ready for it because it includes minors and I don't really want to talk about it. But um, yeah, like Lil D, for example, I don't know how old Lil D is, but he can't be older than me, I don't think, you know, and so can't be older than 22 and he's like fucking on these women who are like 40s, 50s, you know, like I don't know about maybe 40s, like mid 40s. And it's just so interesting that he like prefers that and like that's not really a rare thing. I always just assumed it was a rare thing when I was a girl, but then I, until I started talking to guys about sex and like guys are out here, like really interested in older women. It's very interesting. Um, and yeah, like I said, it doesn't give me the same feeling of like 
I don't know, anybody being taken advantage of. It doesn't really give me that same feeling. And maybe that's fucked up on my part because it just makes me, you know, I just like we do live in a society where like men kind of have to hide their suffering and to kind of have to like hide their emotions. And so maybe that situation, like for like maybe a young guy being with an older woman does have like the higher risk of it being toxic for the younger guy. Um, but we just don't talk about it, you know, because we know that, you know, when a younger woman is with an older man, there's, you need to kind of be cautious because you can be easily taken, like more easily taken advantage of than if the guy would, than if you're dating somebody your own age, or if the older guy was dating somebody his own age, you know, who had the same amount of like experiences. So it's just interesting. Um, I'm going to hit pause and then start a different recording because it's about to hit 30 minutes and I just don't want it to cut me off in the middle of something. So, okay. So I'm back. Hopefully that transitioned. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was saying like, we don't really think about it as being like, I don't know, predatory is the word I'm looking for, I guess. Like I don't see it being as predatory most of the time because I don't know. You know, because I was going to say like, oh, these young these young men that I'm around, like they're openly expressing the fact that they like older women. But then again, you know, there's girls that I know who openly express that they like older men, but I'm like, you need to be careful. That's kind of my reaction to that. But then when it's uh, a younger guy and he's like, I like older, I'm like, good for you. You know, good for you seeing through stereotypes and seeing through stigma and all this other stuff. It's like backwards, right? Um, I'm actually reading a book right now and I like, oh my God, like it's been, it's not often that I read a book and I'm like, oh, I'm like turning the pages and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and I'm like reading it, you know, into the night when like I should be getting tired or sleepy, whatever, but I keep reading it and reading it. Like that doesn't happen too often anymore. Um, it used to happen, but maybe it really didn't happen that often ever. But I think I just remember the, the times where it did happen, but I love when a book is like that, yo. Um, and most of the time, you know, it's not an indication of whether a book is really good or whatever, because there are good, really good books that are just slow burns. Like you really have to read them slowly. You really have to read just like a few pages and then set it down and then come back to it. Like The Sympathizer by Viet Thanh Nguyen um, was like that for me. And it took me like, oh, like years to finish that book just because it was, I mean, it was a pretty thick book, but like it was just mostly because there was so much condensed in like to these pages and there was so much plot and philosophy in there. And it's just like a lot to think about. So whatever, but this book was, has interesting things, but it's like, you know, it's a little lighter reading. Like you can read a page and not much, there's not much intellectual like enrichment, you know, like not as much. So you can, you kind of need to read three pages before you're like, huh, you know, about something. I don't know. Point is, the book is about um, a guy who was 15 years old. And then he ran into this woman who like helped him with something. He was in some type of situation like, like bike, like he crashed his bike or something. I don't remember. But um, point is, like, he ran into this woman. And she just like helped him out. And then when he went back home, he lives like one town over or something. He went back home. His parents were like, you need to go thank her or whatever. So then he goes, thanks her. 
and stuff. But then he's like totally like she totally seduces him and he's like totally enraptured and like they start a little affair that lasts like, I don't know, like a year or something. And she's 36 years old, mind you. And she just has him reading to her and stuff and having sex with him. And it's like whole time it's like really grimy because it's like written from his perspective. And you would think that somebody who got out of that would be like, um, that was fucked up and she was abusive, but he like really saw it as love, like true love. So it's like really, it was really uncomfortable to read through it. Um, but then, you know, fast forward. So all this happened pre world war two and then fast forward to post world war two. And he's a law student and he's sitting in a trial, like watching a trial. And lo and behold, this woman is there that and now she's like older. She's like mid forties. So he doesn't really have any feelings for her, but then right now I'm like reading about the trial and all this other stuff. But um, what I want to talk about is like that experience. Like that's obviously a predatory experience for a 15 year old, like to be seduced by a 36 year old. That's obviously not okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just interesting because it's like, that makes me kind of sick to my stomach to think about that. Um, but it doesn't really compare to the experience that like, I think of when it's like a 15 year old girl that's um, being seduced by like a guy that's like older, you know, I guess the feeling that I get from the younger girl, older guy thing is more like that guy's an asshole and he needs to be thrown away in the trash, you know, but when it comes to like the other thing, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with that woman? Get her like help, get her mental help and like, she cannot be doing that. So, you know, it's like both, like there's both disgust, but like one is a little bit more complex to me than the other, which it really shouldn't be that way. But I think that that's just because I'm a woman and I don't know, like it's wild, but like when we see somebody who's similar to us, we are so much more empathetic towards them. We're able to access empathy and we're able to access like understanding so much easier. It's so weird, you know? Um, I think that's just what's interesting to me about this whole thing is obviously like both situations are fucked up, but I think that one's more fucked up than the other when really, I don't know, is that the case? I think it's just because at least one's interesting, a little bit interesting, and the other one's like just typical, like you, like an older guy who wants a 15-year-old girl, like that's been like in society forever and it's disgusting it's predictable it's boring and then when the power dynamic kind of shifts between the genders it's a little bit more like that's so fucked up but that's interesting you know i don't know um next i want to talk about um so my boyfriend's been out of town and i'm gonna meet up with him tomorrow but um when he goes out of town i really go to bed super late like he and I, like, when we're, you know, when he's around the house, like, we go to bed pretty early um, just because he's responsible. Like, he's a responsible adult, and he, like, doesn't fight his sleep the way that I do. But – and then I – since he's doing it, I just kind of go along with it, and I'm like, that's the healthy thing to do. So, you know, it just makes it easier for me to do the healthy thing is because there's somebody doing it also, you know, somebody else doing it. 
But then um, when he's gone, I stay up really late, even if I have something early to do and like something to do in the morning. Like today I had a dentist appointment and I like didn't give a fuck last night. I just stayed up really late and um, I stumbled upon my old high school classmates Instagram and she I know I've been known that she like is in LA and like she's like an Instagram model and you know she's like I don't know just like an influencer type like she hangs out with Jake Paul it's not really you know like that kind of a vibe and it's weird because I mean I guess it's a lot of I don't know I just was struck by like the feelings that I had towards that because I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of people and I'm just like, eh, you know, I'm like, I might be interested in what they're doing or like, you know, it might be just fun to see what somebody's up to, you know? Oh, my old classmate got pregnant or somebody has got promoted. That's awesome. You know, type shit. I don't know, but I don't really have strong, strong feelings towards things that I see on social media so much. Um, besides when I like sneak on my um, boyfriend's exes then I like I get like so much rage from that but I don't know why I do it but I stay doing it I don't know why um and mind you these but like my boyfriend's exes are not better than me in any type of way like I entertain that idea and it's like in no type of way am I jealous but it's purely just the fact that like uh he fucked them before me like that's sickening to me like I don't like that you know what I mean I don't know okay whatever I'm not even gonna get into that but um what is interesting to me is my kind of strong reaction to seeing this girl on Instagram that I used to go to school with um you know she has a lot of Instagram followers and she's really you know she just posts like bikini pictures and I like a part of me is like you know, like I know that like if I wanted to do that, I could do that. But the reason I won't do that is because I'm going to – it's not going to last. It's not really like an ideal career choice. But I think there is a certain intrigue with seeing her do it and like do it well. You know, like she has success. Like she has, you know, like I said, a lot of followers and she's promoting stuff all the time on Instagram. So it's clearly it's working out for her. And I think that a part of – that intrigue and that envy is from the fact that like seeing her like succeed, you know, like seeing her be successful. And like, even though I know that if I were to go down to LA and like really focus on my looks and really focus on whatever networking, I could be where she is for sure. For sure. You know, like I've gotten close to it, you know, and I just like, never, I like didn't even think twice about it. I just didn't think that was a good move for me. I feel like I want to live a life where I focus on, academics and work and you know building the business and all this other stuff like I have the dream of the business and that's enough risk for me like I'm not really trying to waste time like obsessing over my looks and obsessing over my Instagram and whatever that just sounds miserable to me but why is there this envy you know why is there this intrigue why is there this feeling of like man like I should have done that you know um, and maybe it is because I should have done that. But like I said, I know that I would, it's not sustainable and 
I also don't like to be objectified to the point where like that's all that I'm known for. You know what I mean? Like for my body or for my looks or for anything that is not a product of work. Like that sounds so weird, but it's I swear, I don't know, maybe it is capitalism and maybe that's what maybe that's what is bothering me is because she's capitalizing off her looks, right? And yes, there is a certain amount of work that goes into it, but it's really like a part of it is like you're chosen, you know? And I'm not, okay. I'm not even going to like say that I'm attractive or any like really attractive or really pretty, but I am pretty, you know, there's nobody in the world that would call me. I don't know. I don't know. I just, and I've been able to capitalize off my looks in the past. And like, whenever I try or like whenever I look to capitalize on my looks like something works out for me pretty fast but it just feels like really not sustainable and really not like fulfilling in any type of way um but as i'm figuring out the role of work in my life maybe that doesn't even really matter you know so i see her kind of doing that and then i'm like maybe i should have done that (laughs) maybe i should have gone to la and I've even gone so far as been like, maybe I like do porn because I like, I like sex, you know, and I don't really care about society. And that's one thing about Gen Z that I love. And I really fully embody is, you know, it's about self-exploration and about doing what you want to do. It's really not like, there's not really anything out here that's that scandalous anymore. And, you know, who cares? Right. But And that's awesome, you know, because if somebody was really trying to be a porn star, they should be able to do that without stigma and shame. And there's, it's still there, but I don't think it's there as much as it used to be, especially with like OnlyFans and stuff nowadays. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that it just bothers me because I'm seeing it work out for her and I just kind of played it through in my head and I didn't really see it like working out for me in a way that was sustainable, but for her, it might be sustainable. You know, like you think about it logically, like if she played her cards right and stuck with it and like, I don't know, just played her cards right. She might be able to like keep capitalizing off this and keep, you know, being a influencer, like having a bunch of sponsors and all these things, you know, where it's like her business is basically being on Instagram and being hot and selling products and all these other things, you know, or if she wanted to branch out to, vlogging or podcasting it'd probably have more success you know just because she has that platform already online so it's that kind of like feeling of like maybe I should have done that but then again I think about it and I don't really feel like that's what's gonna happen I feel like there's a really good chance that eventually it's just gonna be like you know people are gonna get bored of her they're gonna move on to the next hot girl and it's not really like something that will last you know like this sort of attention from just being hot like she really um she has a pretty chill personality like i've hung out with her before but she doesn't really broadcast her personality at all like if you go through her instagram it's all like sponsorship posts and pictures of her in bikinis you know what i mean that's it period that's it and so Yeah, it's just interesting. I don't know. I feel like there was a level of definitely envy and definitely like, oh, so easy. Like, why did I even stay in school? Why did I even do all this? You know, like, I don't know. Like, I should have just embraced my youth and flown to LA and networked and gone to parties and whatever, you know. 
Um, and it's it might not even be a bad choice, like a bad career move, because you if you play your cards right, you can move. Maybe you can move up from that and you can just kind of build off that and build shit with the following that you gain from being a hot girl, you know? Um, but, you know, clearly I've thought it through and I d- didn't think that it was going to work for me. Like I thought it was too risky or I thought that another thing is just like it fucks with your self-image so much. And as a woman, your self-image is already like challenged a lot and like your confidence is already challenged a lot to the point where like if I was in LA and like my primary facet like my primary asset was just how I looked and like I wasn't building any type of skills and I had to focus all my energy on like continuing to be hot I just feel like that's such a waste of potential you know (laughs) it all goes back to what I was talking about potential and like you know how you spend your energy and stuff it's like that's really used to be an expression of like you're trying to um, tap into your own potential and you're trying to develop that, which is, I can honestly say I am always trying to do that. And not like I don't care about my looks at all. Like, I mean, when I, when I go out, like I definitely care about my looks and whatever, and I like the attention and all this other stuff, but it's exhausting to do that every day. And like, I was watching a lash video from Holly Madison the other day. Holly Madison is the used to be like Hugh Hefner's like main girlfriend and she was on play I mean in the Playboy Mansion, she was Hugh Hefner's main girlfriend and she was on Girls Next Door. She was like the playmate of like the 2000s. But um I was watching like she's like on YouTube and I was watching her lashes video which has helped me a lot actually. Like I successfully wore false lashes for the first time in a long time the other day and it didn't take me that long to put them on and it didn't look clumpy like it did when I last wore them um yeah because I'm not going back to eyelash extensions girl fuck that shit because they just take too long to do they're so expensive and it's not even about that like if the process was easier the it would be worth the price of them but it's just like you have to go in every week and like lay there for two hours and that's what I'm talking about it's like that's the type of shit where I'm like fuck the patriarchy because this is a waste of my time, you know? And even though I chose to like get eyelash extensions, it's like I'm doing this because I want to feel pretty because the patriarchy, like being raised in a patriarchal society makes me like, you know, want to feel pretty like and, and do things that have to do things that take so fucking long just to like feel pretty. Like there's the, we already know about the financial like, impacts of the pink tax, you know, like things that are uh, just, they just cost more because they're made for women, like, I don't know, razors and shit like that. But it's also like the time that it takes to like be seen as a normal, like, you know, you can go out with no makeup, but you're going to look like not put together. You know, if you want to look put together as a woman, doesn't matter how attractive you are, you need to like at least get your hair ready and do your making. You can't just be like a dude where you just like comb your shit and you're done. You know, I don't know, but I really like resent that shit. So anyway, that's why I stopped wearing eyelash extensions. And on top of that, last time I went to get eyelash extensions, I dead ass had a panic attack when I was like, when it was being done because it was just taking so long and I had drank a lot of coffee and I was just antsy and I didn't want to sit still. And y'all know I have like ADHD. So I was just like, freaking out like under <laughs> under this woman's like hands and like I'm probably like flickering my eyelids all over the place she's probably like so annoyed but I just was like 
I left the place being like, I cannot do that every two weeks. Like I can't like I, these lashes look bomb. It almost is worth it, but it's just not, you know? So anyway, Holly Madison made this video that actually was really helpful with like putting on fake lashes, like just the regular, like fake um, Ardell lashes. And I learned a lot, but then it got me thinking about like what she's written and I haven't read the whole article, but she did write an article about her time in the Playboy mansion and her feeling like, you know, kind of like feeling like she was being taken advantage of in a way, like kind of feeling whatever about it, but still going with it and still agreeing to be Hugh Hefner's girlfriend and whatever, you know, super weird, but her reasoning was that like at that point in her life, she really thought that that was like the best thing she had going for her. Um, and there were parts of it that she didn't like, but she really felt like being Hugh Hefner's arm candy was like the best thing she had going for her. And so he would like be, he was really demanding and he would want them to always be done up and like always be looking pretty and always be, you know, gentle in their demeanor and all this other shit. You know what I mean? Like just typical like shit that a man thinks that he can make a woman be for his comfort because he sees it unattractive when women are just themselves, which is honestly, if you think about it, like the gayest shit ever for a straight guy to be like, that's like so annoying. Like you're, you're going to deny a woman being the way that she is naturally because you want her to live up to some type of like fake thing that you've seen on magazines. I don't know. It's so irritating. Um, or you want her to be like this always, you know, always having me like, that's not what a real woman looks like, bitch. Like the fuck, like, I think that's the thing is like, um, I'm out here like pretty, uh, materialistic and superficial and I like beautiful people and attractive people but I'm not out here expecting people to always be on their tip-top game with how they look you know like that sometimes that's not the most important thing and I don't expect that of myself you know like sometimes I go through days like and all I do is comb my hair and that's like not just sometimes that's like pretty often but if I'm gonna go out to dinner you know I'm gonna take the whole day to get ready or at least a few hours to get ready and it's like really therapeutic and nice and that's my choice you know but I can't believe there's men out here who like expect their women the women that they're with to just constantly be like that and it's like so annoying and like always be um more emotionally graceful than they are like these men can blow up and be like such bitches but why do they expect their women to always be calm and collected i don't get it um but yeah so then she started being like so eventually i think like she actually probably like yeah she broke up with hugh hefner before he died and then he got with those twin girls right but you know it's just interesting to me that you know that that was the thing what she thought was the best thing going for her at the time and that kind of narrative is why I don't want to capitalize off my beauty too much, <laughs> you know, like I can, you can use it to kind of like your advantage a little bit, but I don't use it to the extent that I could, you know? And I think the only reason is because I don't really feel like it's going to do me more good than harm. Like I feel like it's overall going to be harmful so I guess when I see just like the Instagram version of it on this 
girl that I went to high school with, like her Instagram and like, it seems like things are perfect for her. Like it just makes it hard for me. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, well it worked out for her. So I should have fucking done it. Clearly I was wrong to theorize and come to the conclusion that it was going to be harmful to capitalize off beauty like that. But you know, yeah, I guess I got to remind myself, like we don't, I don't know her struggles at all. I'm not at all close with her and there could be doubts and personal things or maybe it won't work out for her or whatever you know like I have my reasons and she has her reasons and it's not good um not good to compare my struggles or my situation and my vision with the vision that she had for herself and doesn't mean that my shit's not working out um I mean that's a whole other thing and like look I really want to build this business so badly because I just really like the concept of being a business person. And on top of that, I feel like I have the soft skills and like just the kind of uh, like the, uh, like the genes, you know, like the things that are deep, deep, deep in like the spiritual, like the genes, whatever, like my grandma on both sides are business women. My mom's a business woman. And I think that shit really matters, like, yo, like, epigenetics and all that shit, but, and I just feel that, I feel like I would be a very, very good businesswoman, and I feel like I would be very successful in it as soon as I got my start, and as soon as I got the ball rolling, but it's just the fact that, like, the ball is not rolling, and I don't really know how to get the ball rolling, and it's very discouraging, and I feel very discouraged, and I feel like maybe I should just you know, take my public health degree and actually go to grad school or do something else. But I highly high key do not want to. I high key want to work on the business because like I said, I think as soon as I got my foot in the door and got the ball rolling, that I would be successful. But it's just a long road. You know, anybody who's gone through like a startup knows that it's such a long road. You start from nothing and you start from nothing and you just really have to uh, like believe in yourself and believe in your dreams and believe you're going to make it based off nothing, no evidence. So you really got to be cocky on another level. And I do think I am that when I try to be, but it's like hard, you know, and it's like, I don't accomplish that much by myself and I don't want to build a team because I just don't feel like I should build a team yet. And I don't know. It's just so hard, yo. Like, I really, really want this business shit to work out. But like I said, I don't want to build a team and we're just over here, like, jerking each other off and, like, playing, playing corporate. You know what I mean? Like, I really want this to be real and I really want it to to work out and I want to make real ass money and all this other stuff. But it's just so hard and it's like, so risky and it's based off nothing and maybe I don't have the skills and maybe I'm not good enough and maybe I can't figure it out and maybe like I won't make any sales and I won't make any money and I'm just gonna flop and I'm just gonna be in debt and I'm just gonna have wasted my time and I'm just gonna have wasted my potential and it's all this all this and more and um yeah (laughs) it's hard to keep going it's really hard to keep going because I have to realize there is an opportunity cost and that's clear as day to me is that there is an opportunity cost, um, which before I used to just be like, well, I'm young. It doesn't really matter. Like when I'm older, if I was older then I had had all these things like security house, whatever, then it would be a lot harder to adjust and like change to being to like uh, creating a startup and wanting to do that. But since I have the time and really 
whatever. I can just do the startup and it's fine. And it there's not really a cost to me. But now that I'm in it, like, yes, there is a cost. There's a pretty hefty price tag for it committing to a startup and taking that risk, you know, and it makes sense why people who come from means are really the only ones who dare to start businesses like that. Um, And I don't mean like a small business. I'm not interested in that. I want a big business, bitch, you know, and so just hard. And I do believe in my concept. If anything, that's something that I really do believe in is my concept, but Even that, it's like, even though I believe in it, I know that it requires a lot, a lot of work and skills and resources and things. And it requires my full commitment to it. And like, as you can see, I'm still incredibly doubtful and I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And like, I need to just take the leap without knowing, you know what I mean? And like, I don't even mean take the leap as in like, cut off all my other responsibilities and do it, but I just mean like actually dedicate time to do it because I'm not even doing that at this point. And it's so frustrating. And I feel like it's fucking with my spirit, you know, because like I said, like we need to move towards our full potential and I don't feel like I'm doing that. And um, hold on, I'm gonna start another recording. And it doesn't help that like, I feel like society is against me in a lot of ways, like just being the age that I am, the gender that I am, and especially in corporate America, yo, like, I'm not saying that there are no women, but there are a lot more men. And when you're networking, like, it's so hard to network as a woman, because you can't network, like, the same way as if you were a guy, like, it's unfair, but it's just what it is, you know? Um, When you're in corporate world, and you're networking, and you're a guy, it's so much easier, like, no, nobody's wife is going to be suspicious because, you know, if you're a guy and you're networking with like, um, an older person who's been in, who can mentor you or something, but you can't do that. If you're a woman, you just can't, you know, like maybe you can, but it's rare. It's harder. And it's just harder. And, uh, I just, don't want to lose my morality either. I don't want to give up the concern that I have for people. And, you know, I don't think that business people lack concern. For, I actually feel like people who are in corporate America and who are business owners care about the community a lot more than other people do. And they recognize their stake in the community a lot more than other people do. And they just are you know, you can be very politically like to the left or liberal or whatever and be a business owner and ha- and that's genuine or whatever. But I don't know. I think like you start seeing people as objects or you start seeing people as, you know, I don't know, like, okay, if I got this person's attention, I'm gonna get more money. And so I don't know, you just start to be in like situations that are sketchy and I don't want to be somebody who rationalizes that or justifies it. I think it's really fucked up and weird when people see other people as commodities or something that can do something for them. Unless it's, unless it's old white men, then I really don't give a shit, but anybody else it's like, I feel bad. 
And I don't know. I don't want to be a cutthroat bitch, but I do, but I don't. And it's just like this flip-flop thing because I know deep down I am a cutthroat bitch, but I want to use it for good. Like I want to be cutthroat, chaotic, good, you know? I don't want to be evil. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be mean. And obviously, if you're going to do business, you can't be soft all the time. And um, yeah, I just see the way that things could go but also I see the way like if things flop it's gonna suck so hard suck so hard it'd be so sad because I'm really like if I do this I'm every time I get into it again I like feel like so invested in it and I don't want to be disappointed and I feel like disappointment is just so real like such a real possibility and it's so sad and I don't want to keep doing that I really want to commit to the business and believe in its growth and believe in its evolution and be able to do it and I don't want like to be around the fake jargony like fake ass people that you just encounter in business all the time but I do want to be around the real ass business people who are here for a change and who really do want to do something and whatever and I'm not saying like look as soon as I pick up a phony hint from somebody, I'm out of that bitch. I cannot stand it. And I want to leave immediately. And so I just pray that that never, I never sense it in myself. I don't want to become somebody that I do not like. And that's really important to me. And I think that going into business and being committed to my business puts me at higher risk for that. And I really need to work on it and really be aware of that. Um, as opposed to if I just ran with my public health degree and did public health work, I wouldn't really have to worry about that. So, you know, internally there are these things and struggles and things that I need to weigh and balance. But I know at the end of the day, like my heart is leading towards the business endeavor and I really want to do that and I really want to do it right. And I'm just so scared of messing up, you know, like I'm so scared of messing up and doing something that's irreversible or changing myself in a way that is irreversible. But in the ideal world, if there were no limitations or restrictions on me, I would say that my dream job and my dream career would be to own a business that makes a difference in the world, but also makes money and is pretty lighthearted. Like, I don't want to do anything crazy. Like, I don't want to be in tech or anything. I don't know. I don't want to do anything crazy. But, you know, like something that it's pretty light, makes money, is good for the world, is good for people and brings joy. And I'm able to mentor and invest in things that I believe in and, and invest in a vision that I see, that I want to see, which, you know, I don't know if I've talked about, but it's pretty solid, like the vision of the world that I want to see, or at least the community that I want to see. I know I can't change the world, but I've stayed in Southeast Portland for a reason and it's because I really want to be a part of this community and the evolution of it for the better and you know promoting diversity promoting equity all this other stuff you know so that's really really important to me and I don't want to be out here like only doing public health work and not really making an impact like not that people who work in public health don't make an impact but I'm I like I've always said, like, I care about superficial and I care about style and that I'm unapologetic in that regard. And I 
think that art makes a huge difference in people's lives and enjoyment and things that they don't need, but they want. Like those are things that make life worth living sometimes, you know, like indulgences. And so I, that's the kind of field that I want to be in. And so I don't know. It's just really something that's my dream. That's my dream. And I don't know if it's achievable in this society. I don't know if it's achievable in this world. I don't know if it's achievable, um, with me being who I am. And that, that can mean a lot of different things as a woman, as a young woman, as somebody with ADHD, as an Asian, as whatever, you know what I mean? And it's all these things that I am afraid are going to keep me from achieving this beautiful vision that I have in my head, but I really want it. But when I set my toes into it, I see like there's so many things that I never even thought of that are roadblocks and other things. And it's just so much harder than I expected it to be and challenging in so many different ways that I, I'm taking a step back to be honest and I'm reevaluating whether I even want to fucking do it. Um, but I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to convince myself to do, it. I'm trying to like logically piece everything together so that it makes sense for me to do it. Um, it's just really hard and that's just where I'm at right now. And I hope to God that I can get to a place where I can just do it or I can make sense of it. Or even if I don't make sense of it, if I just do it, like I'm really hoping to get in a place where I can go full in on it. But that's simply where I am right now with the business. And this has been a very long episode. And like I said, lots of shitty hot takes. And um, yep. All right. Talk to you guys later.